Well, good morning. Happy long weekend, I guess. It is good to have you join us for church this morning. Today, if I asked you, you know, how is life at the moment? What's sitting on top of your mind? How would you describe how your last week has been? How your last month has been? How would you describe the last season of your life? In this lead up to Christmas, with the hustle and bustle that's coming, would you describe great joy and excitement, or would you express great disappointment and exhaustion as we reach the end of 2022? All of the end of year events, getting tired kids to school on time, and then picking tired kids up from school at the end of the day. If I asked you what the journey of life that you're walking is right now, I wonder what you would describe to me. Perhaps things are draining. And things are filling your attention space that you wish would just resolve. What are the things that are taking up your thought life? What things do you dwell on? What things do you consider? Spend time dreaming and thinking about. Because the things that take up our mind, the things that take up our attention and our thought life are the things that become the most important and they then influence our actions and what we do. Have you ever tried, uh, you've been in the middle of messaging someone on your phone or maybe on the computer, and just for a moment you turn up and you talk to your friend or you talk to your husband or your wife or you talk to someone else in the room and then you go back to messaging and you write down exactly what you've just been talking about and nothing to do with the message? The other day I was writing a message and I turned to the, um, one of the ladies that I work with and I said, oh, I just need to finish um, writing a message on Messenger. And I turned back to my Messenger chat that I was writing and, write, and wrote, finishing what I'm writing on Messenger. Thank goodness I didn't push send, because that's not the message that I was trying to get out. It was what was taking up my mind was this other conversation that I was trying to have. And right in that moment, that was what was taking my focus. When you think about the last season of your life, or the current one, what is the narrative that you would write or, write or type about? Would you tell us about some amazing God-filled moments the moments where you were really connected to people or to family or to the church. You were places where you really felt like you belonged. Or would your mind remind you of all the times that those things just weren't true? We can get so busy running from thing to thing, event to school, that in the midst of our busy, we lose sight of the rest that we can find in Jesus. Are you paying more attention to the struggles of life than the eternal hope that we have in our Savior Jesus? Now, this is not to say we don't have struggles because we do have struggles. Things are hard sometimes. There are moments where we feel alone, disconnected, overwhelmed. I definitely have those moments. But in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the pain, we choose to look to the hope of the empty cross to tell my mind to remember the work of Christ and the victory he's already won. And then we dwell in that place. 
And dwell is a word you're going to hear a few times in this message this morning. Because it's something that I feel that God's wanting to say, would you just dwell in my house? It's a place of knowing and walking with our Savior, walking in the peace, running my race in the knowledge and understanding that my purpose is not just doing and living, but it's with God. Time with Him. I am a beloved child of God. And if you weren't here last week or you haven't caught up on Anna's message from last week about how God defines us and then it's because He defines us He can refine us, I highly suggest that you find it on your favorite podcast app. He doesn't look, God doesn't look at all our mistakes and our blunders. He doesn't look at all of the good works that we do, all of the great things that we go, wow, I'm proud of that. But he looks at the righteousness of Christ in us. It's not in our striving or our good works, but it is in the work of the cross that he sees the righteousness of Jesus in us. We are defined by him, chosen, adopted, redeemed, remembered, child, daughter, son, purpose-filled and designed by him. If we can dwell in his presence, dwell in the knowledge, the sure experience of who God is, this is the place we begin to live from. Psalm 23, verse 6. It's the verse I'm sure many of you will know so well. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Dwell is to simply live in or at a specified place. To, to live in or at a specified place. To dwell in the Lord's house, in the presence of God, walking in the presence of the Holy Spirit. God, your goodness is always with me. Lord, I know your love for me is something I carry all the days of my life, so I will dwell in your house. I will live in your presence. I will be with you, God. I won't dwell on the difficulties, although they will come up throughout the days of my life. I won't set up camp in the trying places, in the hard places, in the feelings and the realities of life. You've not called us to be campers, but to dwell in your house, to be with you. We're invited in, not left in the wasteland in a tent, but welcomed into your presence. To dwell, to live in or at a specified place. Not just a one stop and a move in. It's not an Airbnb where you go one time, have a great time, and then you go somewhere else the next time. You dwell in his house, dwell in his presence. What is it, what is it about our houses? It's somewhere that we start our day, and it's somewhere that we end our day with. What a great place, what a great pattern that we find in the normal reality of life that we could dwell in his house. What if we started our day in the presence of God? What if we finished our day in the presence of God? And the presence of God is not just a building, not just a place that we can visit, but we carry him all the days of our lives. He walks with us daily. Our house, it's where we store our treasures. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord. It's the place where I sleep and find my rest. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. 
If in the physical reality of the world that we live in, we spend time in our houses, start and finish our day there, how much more should we spend dwelling in the house of the Lord, spending time with him? Finding rest in God. Lord, I won't get distracted by the things that draw my attention away from the work of your son or the confidence that the Holy Spirit affords us as we journey life, but I will dwell in your house and who you are. In other words, God, I want to be wherever you are. I want to be where you call home. I want to spend time with you around your table, the banquet table, to feast on joy and comfort and acceptance and belonging, goodness and mercy that Christ affords us. There is something that makes us feel safe. We're in a, we're in a house with someone you love. When you're at home with someone you love, and do you notice that when you're at home and you're home alone, do you notice that the house creaks a whole lot more? The door squeals a whole lot more as it shuts. The branches that are overgrown outside your bedroom window, they just brush more violently against the window. There's something a little scary about being alone in the house. And yet, when someone else is there, someone that we know and love, even though some of those things don't change, even though some of the scary things of the world don't change, some of the sounds that are coming from the outside, they may not change. The house still may creak. The sounds are still there, but there's a sense of ease. And it will be okay. The same in our walk with God. Some of the hard things of life may not change, but Christ is there with us. Even in the storms of life, when it can feel like we're isolated, you can dwell in the house of the Lord and he will be there. We're invited in and we come with confidence, confidence that we are welcome to approach him. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 12 and 19, he says, In him and through faith in him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you therefore not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power of his Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. As we dwell in, the, in God's presence, as we spend time by faith in him, we can approach with freedom and confidence. We don't need to come before God worried about what he might say, what he might do. We can approach him with freedom and with confidence, knowing that we are welcomed to be in his presence. And notice the posture that Paul has. He says, he writes, for this reason, I kneel. Because I understand that I can come with freedom and confidence into the house of God, I kneel. I worship. My mind responds in worship. My physical act is worship. Both spiritually and physically, I kneel and I worship. All of me, with this knowledge of who God is, kneels and worships God. As I was reading about this act of kneeling, the Hebrews regarded the knees as a symbol of great strength. And to bend their knee was therefore to bend their strength. And when you kneel, it's bending your strength before the living God. An acknowledgement of the fact that we all receive from him. 
So by kneeling, we're bending something that is considered so strong. And then Paul here prays for the Ephesians that out of God's glorious riches, he may strengthen the deep parts of you, your inner being by the power of the Holy Spirit. Those things that take up our attention and our focus, the things that we sit in and live in, our heart, and who we are, even the parts that we might have not allowed God access to, Paul here prays that we would be strengthened from the inside out. So as we kneel, as we bend our strength before God and acknowledge that he is God, it is his spirit that brings us great hope, then by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are strengthened again, not by our strength, not by our legs that can carry us, but by his power that has strengthened us. Not our strength, but his. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Many of you will be able to recite this off the top of your heads, I'm sure. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. It's not our own understanding or our own strength, or our own experiences. Yes, we use those places and experiences, the things we've walked through, as knowledge to help us discern and decide and, and to walk, but we do it with God, in his power and his strength, allowing him to guide us and lead us. So even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are with me. Even though I struggle with where my mind wanders sometimes, I will not fear, for you are with me. Even though I find it difficult on days to trust and to feel connected, I will not fear because you are with me. Why? Because I dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence. This is where my strength comes from. And I will come with confidence and freedom purchased for me on the cross, purchased for every one of you, that we would dwell in the house of the Lord. I'll take refuge in the arms of my Saviour, not because of what we've done, not because of who we are, but because God, because He loves us, because of what He has done, because He called us loved and chosen. In verse 17 of Ephesians 3, it says, it comes to the so that. comes to the so that in the verse. And so often you'll see this in Scripture. There's often a therefore. There's a command or there's a something, a story, and then it says so that or therefore. And you've got to look at what comes next. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that Christ may dwell in in your hearts through faith. As you dwell in him, Christ dwells in you. Let Christ's message of hope, joy, love, grace, forgiveness, the list could go on. Let that message, the message of Jesus, dwell in you. Dwell in your hearts as you have faith in him. Church, we know the great news of the gospel. We know the good news of salvation. So let that dwell in your hearts. Let it live in your hearts. Let it be with you wherever you are. Allow him access to your heart, to the hard stuff, the things that you keep hidden. Allow him access to the resentment, the frustrations or the anger that you might have towards people. 
unforgiveness, bitterness, any sin area in your life. Allow Christ to dwell in there through faith. We will dwell in God's house in the presence of the Lord and Christ will dwell in us. When finances are tough, bills pile up and the savings shrink. When kids are doing, when my kids are doing the things I wished and thought they would never do or choosing a path I'd rather they wish they didn't. When health problems seem overwhelming and the prognosis isn't where I prayed it would be, I will dwell in the house of the Lord and Christ will dwell in me. When school's been tough, and workmates don't seem to be pulling their weight and you find yourself picking up more stress. When the business opportunities that you had planned didn't pan out as expected and decisions you are facing aren't easy, I will dwell in the house of the Lord and Christ will dwell in you. Psalm 90 verse 1 says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Some of us in this room have legacies of faith, have stories of generations who've loved and served and worshipped God, who've kneeled when they've come into his presence, who've dwelt in his presence and had Christ dwell in them. You can point back to the generations of people who've loved and served God. And others of you, like people who are new to a country, the first generation or a second generation, you are now part of the family. Maybe you can't look back for generations, but you get to be the starting point for your family. But now you are part of the wider family. You are part of what we call the church. All of us, part of God's great family of believers. And all throughout history, God has dwelt with his people. Yes, people haven't always got it right. They've lost sight of the main person of Christ. But Lord, you have been our dwelling place through the generations. And that's our prayer. That we would continue to be a dwelling place of Christ. That we would continue to dwell in God's house. It would be a place that we live in, not a place that we visit. Not a place that we holiday once a year, tick the box, been there, done that. I read my Bible this week. But a place that we continually go back to the presence of God. We continually go back to prayer. We continually go back to his word. We continually go back to church. We continually go back to having conversations and dwelling with the presence of God. Because it's not just a one-off experience, but it's a place that we live in. A place that we spend time in. And a place that we care about. Can I invite the band to join me back on stage? And so today, that through our generation, whatever generation we represent here in this room today, we pray that, God, you will be our dwelling place. We'll keep our focus and our attention on you. We'll keep you central. We will live our lives in your presence. Whatever we face, we are sure of the freedom and confidence that you have afforded us by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. It is your strength, your power that we rest in. Not by our own understanding, but by who you are and what you have done. 
Would you stand with me if you're able this morning? In just a moment, we're going to worship. I just want to create a space, have a time where you can simply dwell in the house, dwell in his presence and allow him to dwell in you. It's a chance to pause. And what a great space church is once a week to really set aside sort of an hour to come and just simply spend worshiping him, hearing the word spoken, to reconnect. But this isn't just a one-off, once-a-week thing. And you know that in the hustle and bustle of life, and the busyness and disappointments and heartbreak of life, you've, you've missed out on some of the walking with his presence, some of the just sitting with him. You know, it doesn't have to be in a darkened room with worship music playing. Just last night I was driving the car trying to get my child to sleep. He did fall asleep. And I had a few quiet moments while I dare not stopped. And I was listening to a podcast. Not a Christian podcast. It's not exactly the holy moment that we imagine sometimes, but then I heard God speak and I simply spent time in his presence. When you're out doing the garden, out for a walk or in creation, doing the dishes, maybe once everyone else has gone to bed and you're putting the house to sleep and you're just finishing the dishes and locking the house up, maybe that's the time where you spend in his presence to start the day and finish the day. This morning, maybe it's just a chance for you to recommit that time to God. Say, God, would you just dwell in me? Not that it's what I do, not the time and the effort that I put in, but what you have already done. Lord, would you come and dwell in me that as I walk, as I live, as I serve, as I care for my kids, as I care for my parents, whatever it is that you would dwell in us. This time is simply for you and God. And as I finish, I just want to read the last part of Ephesians 3. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people just to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the full measure, to the measure of all of the fullness of God. Let's sing.